following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. From the diamond to the clubhouse to the front office, this is the show that feeds the passion for all Twins fans. It's Inside Twins. Inside Twins is sponsored by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Well, good afternoon, everyone, and happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there tuning in today as we begin our coverage from Southern California Twins and the Angels wrapping up this four-game series in just a bit. And also the finale of this long road trip concludes here today from Anaheim. Great pitching matchup on paper. Shohei Otani will throw for the Angels. And Fernando Romero opposing for the Twins. Romero so far, two starts. He hasn't given up a run. He's won both starts. And uh, he's struck out 14, walked six in nearly 12 innings. Otani's been great. We've seen him just a little bit hitting, uh, but we'll see him pitch today. Obviously will not hit. Otani 3-1 ERA, just above four, with 32 strikeouts and 26 innings for Otani so far. So great pitching matchup on paper to wrap up the series. And we're excited to begin our coverage here today on Inside Twins. Inside Twins is brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Made in Minnesota, it's how memories are created and legends are made. I'm Corey Provis, and our guest on the show today, joining us on the telephone, the Twins' chief baseball officer. Always great to catch up with Derek Falvey. Derek, how are you? Corey, good to good to be on today, and I, I want to echo your message to all the moms out there. Happy Mother's Day to all those listening today for, uh, to our Twins game. No doubt. Uh, by all means, Mom, kick back today, enjoy the day, and uh, should be a lot of fun today as the Twins and the Angels wrap up this series. And, and Derek, let's start with the game itself today. Each day you look for matchups that, that intrigue you, but you don't have to dig too far with this one today, do you? No, definitely not. I, I think you know, certainly what's been made uh, of Otani and, and his impact, and no question has helped the Angels so far. He's a great young talent. And then you know, I think to have Fernando Romero, who's really pitched well for us here and given us a boost uh, over the last couple of starts, it'll be nice to see those guys square off and, Hopefully we finish up on a, on a good note out west and come back after a good road trip. I want to dive back into Romero in just a bit, but let's kind of go back in time if we can this off season. I think every big league team made an effort to, to sign Otani. Can you take us through the Twins process and what you did and the front office did to try to sign this young man? Yeah, it was, a, as, as we've talked about at different junctures, a, a very unique uh, process, you know, around – uh, certainly pitching his services to a number of different clubs. And, and with the international signing process, everyone had a uh, free opportunity to get involved in that conversation. Ultimately, he could choose with uh, whichever team he, he wanted to go to. And I think uh, certainly the West Coast seemed to be a preference of a few of his finalists. But we got a chance to make a presentation to his uh, to both his representatives and ultimately to him, not in person, but by way of uh, a video. Slideshow. So it was a great process. Our our team did a great job of presenting it. Uh, certainly, you can see the talent. And you see why a lot of teams pursued him. But uh, ultimately, he chose the Angels, and he's off to a great start there. You know, and once Otani narrowed down his his list, I think at one point he got down to about six or, or seven finalists uh, before he picked the Angels. But still, teams who had some available funds in the international draft. You know, some teams were limited. So the team, like the Twins and also the Atlanta Braves. They try to help out the Angels somewhat in their pursuit of Otani, but also got something back in return, right, Derek? Yeah, we, we certainly. Once we knew we were out of the mix for Otani and his agents, and, and he were so gracious in their uh, dismount from us. Uh, once we knew that, we had additional funds to potentially reallocate. We're always thinking 
I've joked with you before, plan B and C and D of what we can do at different junctures. And that was one opportunity where we were able to invest in a, a young hitter, Junior Severino, who we really liked, who came out of the Braves system, and then uh, ultimately to trade some of that money to both the Mariners and the Angels to help in their pursuit of Otani. How active is the international market right now? Not just for, for uh, you know the young Latin American players, but even the Japanese market and also those that are trying to get here from Cuba. Is there some talent on the horizon? And if so, are the Twins being aggressive to get in that conversation? Oh, no question. You know, I will tell you that Mike Radcliffe and Fred Guerrero and that group uh, internationally down in Latin America do a tremendous job of you know, being aware of what might come uh, down the pike. Uh, you know, we talk a lot about July 2nd kids, which are those 16-year-olds who are eligible to sign on July 2nd. But, you know, we're, we're certainly monitoring the markets in Japan. That's obviously a different process, much like the Otani process, where there are posts and bids, uh, situations like that. But our guys are involved in every market, you know, across the globe. And, and if, there's, uh, if there's talent on the horizon, we're going to be around it. Could you see more of what Otani does as the future? Maybe not on a consistent basis, but here and there, there may be a spot talent that can pitch but also hit. I know it was tempting even going back to last year's Amateur Draft. Uh, no question. I, I think you're seeing uh, you're seeing this show up maybe a bit more in the last couple of years than I think we had in, in a number of prior seasons. Uh, it's not uh, something that never happened. I mean, Brooks Keyshick, there's been some others along the way that have, have given it a shot. I think Shohei is just such a unique talent, you know, really with what he's done at the highest possible level now, both on the mound and, and hitting. Uh, certainly we would love to use our roster as efficiently as possible and, and get guys who can do both and, and really impact that 25-man group. But uh, I think, you know, by and large, you're still going to see a lot of focus one position or the other, but we, we'll never close our mind to it in the event we find the right guy like an Otani. All right, let me put you on the spot before we take our, uh, our first break because Chris had a great feature on the pregame show yesterday just having some fun with some current Twins players, and we even asked Paul about it. If you look at the current big league roster, if you had one guy, when you look at the roster right now that could also pitch and hit or hit and also pitch, does one guy stand out to you? Oh, man, that's a, that's a tough one. Put me right on the spot. You know, I, I typically would go with one of our outfielders with a, with a big arm. I think any time you see uh, maybe maybe we could test Max Kepler out as a left-handed specialist on the mound, and he's got a pretty good arm himself. So that would that would be an interesting one. I'd have to ask Max about that. Yeah, Buxton, too, he was a popular choice uh, with his arm no strength. Uh, but I think we got a universal no with Miguel Sano, that he can throw it hard, but who knows where it would end up and who knows what body part he may break on a hitter. I think that's right. I, you know, I thought about Miguel for a second there when you asked the question because he's got such an immense arm strength. But uh, let's just focus on getting him back to where he needs to be uh, and, and hitting in the middle of our lineup. Uh, that's a good spot to take a break. We'll come back and we'll dive into Miguel Sano. We'll dive into Jason Castro and some injury updates. Irvin Santana, Trevor May, and their recovery. Also get back in to the Fernando Romero conversation as well. Busy day coming up, Mother's Day Sunday. We've got a great ball game. Twins and the Angels one more time. We'll take a break. More Derek Falvey next on your home for Twins Baseball. Your flagship home of Minnesota Twins Baseball, 830-WCCO. You're listening to the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Welcome back to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Made in Minnesota, it's how memories are created and legends are made. Corey Probus from Angel Stadium. Derek Falvey joining us on the telephone today for our Sunday program. And, uh, Derek, we uh, mentioned the name Miguel Sano during our first segment he is here, and kind of go back to early in the week while the team was in St. Louis. It seemed like Miguel wasn't going to join the team in Anaheim, but sure enough, he was here come Thursday. When and, and why did that conversation change? 
You know, Paul and I talked a little bit about it uh, during uh, during the White Sox series, uh, really, to, to think about what his next week could look like. And ultimately, we wanted him to get the rehab he could do here in Minnesota. We have uh, certain um, certain devices and otherwise that can help with the stimulation and help with the hamstring recovery. And we have Jeff, our, our physical therapist, back here in Minnesota. So we spent time making sure we could get him right. Once he got to a point where he could progress to be on the field, take some ground balls, maybe run a little bit, uh, certainly take BP, we thought the best place for him uh, was with the team. So Paul and I talked about it, and we, we decided the best thing we could do is get him out there around his teammates. At what point will you make a decision if he will rehab or not, or have you made that decision already? You know, I think it's probably more likely than not he would go on a rehab assignment just because of the time now we've had down. I think this is when you have strains and different types of muscle pulls, and they aren't exactly the same protocol as, say, a say a rehab from a surgery, you have to kind of take it day by day and see how he's responding to each of the each of the activities they're putting him through and, and get Paul's eyes on him and the trainer's eyes on him to make sure that they feel like he's in a good place. Cause the last thing you want to do is re-injure it. You want to make sure that he's, he's ready to go. And the benefit of the rehab assignment is that you can really test it for a full game, you know, and you can, you can have him maybe take some more at bats as a DH on a different day. So we just want to make sure that when we get him back, we're getting him back for the, for the duration. All right. So, so just to clarify, you are leaning towards a rehab assignment for him at some point. I think that's right. You know, with where things stand today and talking with Paul, you know, we'll certainly we reserve right to make that judgment as we go. But I think that you know, as it stands right now, I, I would think we lean in that direction. Could, could that begin as early as middle part, maybe even later next week? Could it, could it happen that quickly? It certainly could. And I think that's where you know, ultimately getting him back here to Minnesota, getting the whole group back, and, and we'll have a discussion uh, come tomorrow around where he stands, um, how the testing's going with respect to the strength of the hamstring. Just make sure that we're checking all the boxes medically and, and make sure that we're going through the right paces. We do, as I said, we just don't want to rush him back and have that get re-aggravated. So the, the best thing we can do is take it day by day at this point. So Miguel may go down that route, but Byron Buxton did not. He came off the DL, no rehab the second time uh, with the injured tone and was back in the lineup here on Thursday night. Do you have to kind of go back and forth uh, if you just look at it from a player standpoint? Well, he came off the DL without a rehab. How come I can't have that same path? Yeah, I think these things are always individual decisions based on uh, different realities around a player. I mean, sometimes players want the rehab to get a little bit more of their, their timing back or otherwise. I think in Byron's case, a little bit of a different scenario where you know, initially went on with migraines and then had that unfortunate foul ball of the toe. You know, he was taking more active BP, uh, a little bit more work that was being done offensively. We felt like he was getting some reps in that space. Uh, so, you know, each scenario, this is why we never really write hard and fast rules on these things. We just want to make sure that when we put a guy in a good position to impact us, uh, we need to make sure that we're vetting all of the outcomes and, and certainly working with a lot of different people to, to give input on that. Byron Buxton not in the lineup today, just a day off for now, but he could come off the bench and uh, run, hit, and also play some center field if the situation arises later in the game. Also, no Mike Trout today, just a routine day off for him. So we have the pitching matchup with Romero and Otani, but we're without the center field marquee players. No Buxton, no Trout here for game four. We'll take a break, come back. More on Trevor May, Irvin Santana. Also, Fernando Romero discussion still to come. Inside Twins continues next on your home for Twins Baseball. This is Byron Buxton. You're listening to Twins Baseball on News Radio 830 WCCO. All 
Welcome back to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Corey Provis from Angel Stadium, Derek Falvey joining us on the telephone for our program here today. And let's get back to some injured players and some good news, Derek, on both Trevor May and Irvin Santana, starting first with May, who threw his first rehab game last night. Yeah, it was good to see him back against hitters. I think maybe more for Trevor than for anybody else. Uh, a rehab's a long process. He's done a, a tremendous job of, of really sticking to his routines and his work habits and otherwise. So to get and face live hitters outside of an extended spring training setting was a good thing for him. What's next for him? Does he stay down with four Myers or move up a level? Yeah, so what we'll do is we'll kind of evaluate how he, he, came, he comes in today. We'll get a report later today uh, with his rehab and where things stand. And we, we have a, a plan schedule. Those could change depending on where some of our affiliates are playing home away or otherwise. But we'll progress him upward here um, pretty quickly here. You know, as, he, as he approaches the end of the rehab assignment, which is the end of this month, and we anticipate being on schedule to get him ready to pitch in major league games by, by June 1st. And do you, do you plan on him pitching at every level in order, or is that still being discussed? Does he need to go from Fort Myers, then, you know, up a level? Does he need to go high A and then double A before finishing up at Rochester, or does he need just a start or two at this spot, at that spot, and then could be activated? Yeah, we, we try not to think of it level to level like that. What we, what we look at is where do we think we can get him the best uh, best. Uh, access to what his routine needs to be and, and face the type of hitters we feel like he's ready to face. So uh, for us, I would say that you're going to see some skips there, uh, certainly not level to level uh, day by day. We want to get him into a routine and get him up to the Rochester level as soon as possible. And how about Irvin Santana, Derek? So Irvin, again, continues to progress, uh, much like Trevor, just a you know, tick behind in terms of schedule, uh, has, has proceeded to about 50 pitches uh, in a bullpen setting, has been throwing some sliders. So he feels great. I think you know, that we need to almost pull back on Irvin from time to time just because of how much he wants to push and get himself back here to help this club. So we're excited about the progress he's making, uh, no setbacks or otherwise. So now we just take this day-to-day, and, and he'll proceed to, to hitters here soon. Is it not even an issue yet, but it, I guess it will be in a, in a couple of weeks when, say, you get to June and both May and Santana are ready, and you look at the pitching you have now, how do you find spots for one, if not both guys, come June? You know, Corey, I, I think you and I have talked long enough uh, over the last year plus. I will take that problem, absolutely. Uh, the more pitching, more good pitching that will impact us at the major league level, the better. Uh, ultimately, uh, we need to choose the, the best group that can that can impact this team moving forward and in the present. And, and sometimes that means some guys are, are right now down in AAA that are continuing to to hone their skills and get better and put themselves in a position to impact us up here. I'm confident we have more than just the 12 or 13 guys we have on our staff that will impact this team moving forward. So we'll take that as it goes. My hope is that we have difficult decisions to make where guys are pitching well and, and we've got to find slots for them. Could, could a six-man rotation even be considered, or is that not even on the table right now? Well, I think at this stage uh, it's probably premature to talk about anything like that. I, ultimately, you'll look at, off days and, and what a rotation looks like to consider moving forward. And we'll learn a lot more over the next couple of weeks uh, around where our team is. You know, knock on wood, hopefully no injuries along the way, but you really do need to be prepared for that. So we'll just we'll take it as we go, and as we get a lot closer to the end of the rehab assignments, I think we'll, we'll have a better idea of what the plan should be at that point. All right, we'll take our last break, come back, and wrap up Inside Twins next on your home for Twins Baseball. Welcome 
back to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Made in Minnesota, it's how memories are created and legends are made. Should have near 45,000 people today in Anaheim. Otani Day normally leads to a sellout. In fact, a couple hundred fans already packed down the left field line as Otani will emerge here momentarily from the third base dugout to begin his warm-up routine. Should be a lot of fun. And, Derek, this will be probably, one would think, the largest crowd Fernando Romero has ever pitched in front of. Are you worth? Is that worth watching today? How he handles that? Just the emotions of what's going to be going on inside this ballpark today? Well, you know, I, I think for rookie pitchers or young guys in the major league level, they go through so many firsts, and ultimately it's your first start, then your first road start. You know, then there's there's different challenges as you go. This will just be another one. I, I can tell you this though, having been around Fernando for the last couple of years, and his teammates and coaches and otherwise will tell you there is no challenge he will back down from. <laughs> That's for sure. So. I think, it, if anything, it probably will excite him. I want to make sure he continues to throw strikes. As you study what he throws, and you've studied this in the past, but now you look at it through two starts at the big league level, you know, we look at the velocity and love that. But more than that, what else have you seen from the young man through two starts? You know, I think it's been – you talk about maturity and growth and development as a pitcher, and there's a few things, I think, that stand out. One is, so he's attacking the zone with his fastball. I, I know what the velocity gun reading says, and, and that's, a, that's a positive, no doubt. But the movement and the ability to harness that movement and throw strikes when, when he needs to is key. And ultimately, he went through some ups and downs in that in his first start. It got better in his second start. We hope he continues to build off of that. I love his slider. I love to see what he can do with that. His changeup's coming along very well. I think there's some development still remaining there. He will have challenges. You know, he will face failure. And I, I have no doubt this is a guy who's prepared to respond to that kind of adversity. Could you see a time with Romero while we've seen 97-98, but maybe dial it down a notch or two, maybe 94-95 with better command? Or is 97-98 where this guy will be for a long time? Well, I, I think you always see pitchers go you know, a little bit through a maturation process with velocity. You, you typically see the best velocity of a guy's career pretty early on. Ultimately, I think he's going to go through some ups and downs, but uh, I wouldn't mind him settling back in at a, a very strong fastball, but one that uh, maybe he can use a little bit more effectively to both sides of the plate as he learns how to attack hitters. What are your Mother's Day plans today? Well, we had a great morning this morning with my son and, and my wife, and Certainly checked in with my mother as well, so happy Mother's Day to, to both my wife and my mom. It's been a great day here in Minnesota, as all the fans who are listening know. A beautiful day, so hopefully we've, we finish it up with a great Twins win today. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, wrapping up this uh, long road trip today, the Twins are 7-2 and two thus far on this long trip. 8-2 and two would be awfully nice coming back home for that makeup game with the Mariners tomorrow night at Target Field. Derek, thanks for the time, and happy Mother's Day to Megan and to your mom and to all the moms out there. Thanks for your time today. Thanks for having me, Gore. Now, we thank Derek Falvey for being our guest. We are just getting started on this Mother's Day Sunday here from Anaheim, California. Coming up momentarily, Chris will have today's Edina Realty pregame show. And then following that, Game 4, Twins and the Angels, two 23-year-old rookies. It'll be Fernando Romero for the Twins at 2-0 with a 0 ERA. And Shohei Otani opposing for the Angels. He's 3-1, ERA just over 4 both guys throw hard. We'll see fastballs upper 90s. Otani hits 100, and we'll see how both handle this matchup here today. No Trout, no Buxton, no Maurer in the lineups for both teams. We'll talk more about that coming up. But stay tuned. Today's pregame show is next. Thanks for listening right here on your home, the Twins Baseball.
You have been listening to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Made in Minnesota, it's how memories are created and legends are made. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network.